Hold on. All right. Uh, I'm getting the hang of this new computer here. <laughs> I mean, it's Jeez. just like the old one, except newer. I know. Okay. I am ready. <laughs> Are you sure? I Are think. You... I think. Sorry. <laughs> I... Uh, okay. All right. Well, I, everything's recording, so I think all we have to do is line all this stuff up. Or... We're back with a special episode of the Pandemic Guitar Podcast. That's right. It's our Joe Bonamassa live from Des Moines recap episode. We've been very excited, waited a long time to get here. It's been about 20 hours since the show, a little bit less, actually. Uh, and here we are finally recording our recap. We're your hosts. I'm Tim. And on the other microphone, of course, is Rick. How you doing, everybody? Oh, so 20 hours ago, or a little bit less. Yep. We went to the Joe Bonamassa concert. It was a really good concert, and we're going to talk all about it. We're, we're going to start off at the very beginning, uh, walk through the night, and uh, all that good stuff. But first, like we always do, we talk a little bit about the previous episode, which was episode number seven. And... I really liked that one. I thought it went really well. And it Yeah, I thought Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah. it I thought it went well. It did. I, I've actually listened to the episode quite a few times on on my own uh, device, so I'm not affecting our numbers or anything like that. Um, but I did have uh, a few friends that listened to the show uh, chime in and uh, come up or mention some of their musicians that would be on their Mount Rushmore. Uh, some mentions were uh, Dimebag Daryl, which uh, I, I know he was super popular, but I'm not familiar with his work. Yep, he he's super popular. Yes, he is. Yep. Uh, James Headfield, that was a big one, even though we mentioned it. But then there that actually started an argument. Why? Uh, because a few other people thought that Kirk Hammond is the guitarist of Metallica not James Headfield. Like James Headfield is the, he's just the front man. Ah. Uh, we even had somebody that came out and said, well, what about Dave Mustaine from Megadeth? Because he started as the lead guitarist for Metallica. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a whole story right there. Of course, Slash, uh, I hope I get this last name right, Trey Anastasio. I'm not sure. I never heard of that one. He is, um, I, I don't know if he's the lead singer, lead guitarist, but he's from Fish. Ah, okay. Uh, I've never been a Fish fan. Uh, I've heard some of their music. It's just not my thing. Yep, neither have I. Jack White, Chuck Berry, oh. uh, Jimmy Page, and Santana were all honorable mentions. Yes, Jimmy Page, very good. Carlos Santana, love the guy. I mean, Slash is really good, too. I mean, Jack White. I believe you mentioned there. Yep. And uh, yeah, actually, there was a special. I think it's on Netflix with uh, Jack White, Jimmy Page, and uh, I can't think of who the other guitarist was. But oh, uh, oh, um, I think I've seen clips of that. Yeah, I can't remember who it is, but uh, yes, yeah, very good, uh, very interesting to watch. Yeah. So and that's the great thing about the uh, Mount Rushmore of musicians is everybody can build a different monument and it can change over time. After last night's concert, 
I would almost want to put Joe on my Mount Rushmore. Joe was very good. Yeah, he was. Um, so let's talk about the concert. Uh, we, well, I got. Oh, go ahead. I got one thing. I got one thing to say is is oh. that you know how Ace Farley has that Les Paul and it goes on fire, makes the smoke and everything. Okay. Well, Joe was doing that last night without the <laughs> without the effects. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It seemed about every two songs, somewhere in there, he was doing a guitar swap. Uh, I thought it was every song he was doing a guitar no, swap. No, I think it was about every, I think it averaged about every two. I don't know. Uh, his stage hand that kept bringing out the guitars, though, that guy was getting a workout. Yes, he was. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't give him an honorable mention. He should get one. You know, maybe his uh, eye watch, the counter, the walking counter, <laughs> increased quite a bit that night. <laughs> yeah. That's what they can post on uh, social media is uh, how many steps the the uh, stage... Is that the right term? Is stagehand? Roadies. Roadies. All right. Yep. Yeah, stagehand, you know. Uh, so, uh, what, the concert was scheduled to start at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And yep. we tried to backwards plan a little bit and say, hey, let's go out and get something to eat before we went to the concert. And, and we did. Yep. Uh, had had a quick little meal, uh, ran downtown, and we got to the venue about an hour before the doors opened, I believe it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, so um, we got down there, we found a parking spot, walked through the skywalk, got to the uh, venue, and doors were locked. So then we, we actually decided, because when we were uh, finding a parking spot, we saw the tour buses. Yep. So we decided, let's go down and get a picture. <laughs> yeah. We went down there, and uh, there's just this one guy kind of standing there, kind of, I don't know, he kind of sort of looked like maybe he was the guardian of the buses, but then again, he kind of looked like he was just there. Uh, I thought he was just cold. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was bundled up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we asked him, we're like, uh, any, uh, you know, are you the guardian of the buses? He's like, yeah, I suppose. And they were like, uh, do you think we can get a picture? And he's like, mm, not recommended. We're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't want to push our luck. Yeah, I didn't want to either. I, I figured maybe after the concert we can get a picture, you know, but I don't think you took one, did you? Or did you? I didn't. There was, I mean, everybody was leaving. There were just so many people around. We should have, but it was kind of one of those things where I know it was late. By the time we got out of the venue, you know, right. we have about 15, 20 minutes to get to my house and then you have to grab your car and then it's another 20 minutes until you get home so i know that it was a late day and you you were you were ready to call tonight i was it was <laughs> uh it was I, I was stretching it sorry yeah. i don't stay up that late yeah i well and i don't normally sit in uh that style of a chair for two hours straight yes it was uh it was quite painful so we went back in and uh, we're just kind of hanging around uh, and just talking. And then somebody actually said, well, there's people inside. We're like, well, there, there can't be people inside. They don't open the doors till seven. So we went downstairs, we went in and we were able to get into like the front area, the ticket box area. Yep. And uh, we, we went to the ticket counter cause we wanted to make sure that the digital tickets were going to work. Yep. Correct. And we just, Happened to be talking to the lady there and asked, are there any seats a little closer to the stage that are available by any chance? And that lady was super nice. Yes. She had to go back and ask a supervisor, but still, yeah. she was very nice. 
Yeah, because I Benji. think normally they they can upgrade. We didn't upgrade our seats. We still stayed in the same cost section, I guess. Yes. But we just were able to move several rows closer to the stage. And um, they didn't charge us the an upgrade fee or anything like that, which is really cool. And I would have happily paid it. Yeah, I would have too. I mean, it was it was worth it. The new seats we got were very good. Yeah, we were only. Uh, I think there were seven. Um, it was seven seats between the old seats we first had and the new seats, wasn't it? Or was it eleven? Oh, I, you're you're asking me it, to do some math, and I don't want to do it, that. But I'll I'll tell you this much: we were originally in row Q, and right. we got moved up to row J. So, yep. however many rows is between those two letters, that's yep. that's that's what we moved. Right, and we weren't quite center stage; we were just a fraction off from center, just a but, hair off to the right. But it was still great seats. We had a great view of the concert. Oh yeah. I felt like we were eye level with Joe. Yep. We were, you know, um, and I just, I was totally blown away when we finally got to our seats and, and there was almost nobody in the venue. And we're, I remember we were talking a little bit like, is this it? This can't be it. Right. I sent a, I took a picture of, uh, of the seats in front of us and the stage, and I sent it to my brother, and my brother's yeah. comment was, "Where, where's all the people? <laughs> yeah, are, are there no Joe Bonamassa fans in the Midwest? Yeah, where is everybody? So, uh, yeah, I had to tell him we're, we're in about an hour before the concert started. Mm, it so, wasn't quite an hour. We So I think it was about 40 minutes. Yeah, but still. Yeah. It wasn't until probably about 10 minutes before the concert actually started where all of a sudden out of nowhere everybody just started flooding it yeah people were just coming i mean it was really it was bizarre they were in the beginning when we were there they were just trickling in and we're like what is 50 percent or 75 percent of this is going to be you know unseated and then all of a sudden just packs and packs of people just started coming in and filling up the seats I, I was very surprised yeah that they waited waited until the last minute on this yeah i would i mean i can't remember the last time i've gone to an event at that particular venue and i actually think because we were talking um because i was like oh i think the last time that i was there was uh for a blue man group concert but i'm thinking that it, it wasn't there no i think i think it was at the event center wasn't it no i mean at the uh, uh the vet the that's all it yeah, Vets Auditorium, because they have a pretty yeah. similar setup, the Civic Center and Vets. I believe so. Yeah, they, they have to, because it there was so many things that looked familiar, but it wasn't familiar. Right. But, and again, I, I haven't, I'm not really a concert goer. Um, I just decided this year that I kind of want to go to some concerts and see some uh, shows. So it's kind of a whole new experience for me. Right. Out of the, I think this is the third concert this year that I've went to, and this one was by far the best. I thought the venue size was perfect. The audience size was perfect. Um, I mean, even to be honest with you, I think that if you were sitting in the very back row, I think it would have still been a good concert. Yes, it would have. The You would have had the, uh, the sound would have been there. You might yeah. not have been able to see the stage very well, but, yeah. you know, you could hear it, hear it good enough. Well, it sure would be being all the way in the back row at uh, Wells Fargo, because if you're all the way, I mean, Wells Fargo is so huge that if you're all the way in the back, you're, it's going to just look like a couple specks of light on the stage. And that's what it would be in that place. Too. Would it? Yeah, I think so. Because if you, if you look back, it's, it's quite a ways back there. I forgot what it is. Is it, uh, goes to double digits in the back, doesn't it? 
it goes Z and then there's like, uh, yeah, there's I'm a, not sure. Yeah. There's a but, few rows of double digits in the back. I, and, and when I, cause I remember I looked online before the event, uh, to see what seats were available because apparently this is a thing where if you wait to the last minute seats will just pop up and most of the time they're even cheaper. Yep. And, uh, I saw it looked like 50% of the back section was going to be empty, but when I looked right before the concert started, I looked in back and it looked way more than 50% full. Yes, it did. It was more like about 80% at that time. Yeah. So. And then, uh, people were still coming in though. But, uh, when I looked. Yeah. And the, so the venue is really cool. I thought it was like weird. Cause like a lot of the venue staff were wearing like actual suits. Yes. That is weird. You know, it's like, okay. You know, it's almost, it's. And there were some people that walked in that were all dressed up like it was date night or something. Um, yep. I, I wasn't going to put a suit on to sit there, but it was good. I mean, this, I mean, everything was super clean. The The place was, I mean, it's just really nice, easy to navigate. Uh, the only issue that I didn't like, it's not a concession stand, but it's uh, the little stand that they had where they sell t-shirts and trinkets and stuff like that. That was only right. 16 foot wide, maybe. Yeah, it was small. Yeah, so, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind picking up a shirt, but the there's so many people crowded around there. I was like, I'm not even going to try to get in there. Yeah, I don't know if they deter who determines the size of that table that they're on. I don't know whether it's the it's the Civic Center that does that, the venue, or the uh, maybe whoever's selling the shirts determines it. I, I have no idea. That's the table they came with. I, I don't know. I know nothing about that. Yeah. But, yeah, he did have a... Um, a Gibson, not a Gibson, but an Epiphone, yep. uh, 335 there. It was, I think it was signed by him too, that they were selling. Yeah. So I, I thought, because we saw it from the ticket room, I was like, oh, it's probably throw $20. And at the end of the show, he's going to raffle off a cheap Epiphone or something like that. And then we, we got in there and I got close enough to see that it was, uh, $1,500 and it was signed by Joe. Yep. Uh, that would have been cool. Uh, I don't have $1,500 just to throw out a, a guitar right now. Neither do I. Uh, and, you know, we've had this discussion, not on the podcast, but, you know, every once in a while you'll come across one of those concert guitars. They're usually, you know, a hundred, $125 guitar. Uh, it's signed by all the band members. And every once in a while you'll see those come up on like Facebook Marketplace or one of those other online uh, guitar swap trade places you know what kind of value do those signatures really add well the value is all in the person that's uh, i mean if if somebody is looking for a guitar with the signature of that artist on there the value would would increase but if somebody's just looking for the guitar but not the signature well you know the the signature ain't worth anything yeah but it, I mean, it's going to depend it's going to depend on the artist that really that's what it depends on. Yeah, I can see that. I know that uh, recently, I think we've seen uh, one come up for Bush and another one. I saw another one for Buck Cherry. Yep. And I was like, all right, cool. I mean, uh, I'd be in it for $75 for the guitar, but I care not at all for those signatures. I, like, I don't get it. Right. Well, when I was uh, the Bush one, I remember talking to the uh, guitar box about it and... Uh, they, um, basically the, they didn't even care about the signatures. They did. They just paid for what the guitar was worth. The signatures were worthless to them to resell the guitar 
So, um, right. In this case, in, in that case, it didn't, it didn't, the person that, uh, that gave it to, uh, or sold it to guitar box, they didn't get paid for the uh, signature at all. Maybe they thought they did, but it was, uh, pretty, uh, it was the going price for that. Uh, I think it was a Squire. Oh, I'm sure it was. Was it, it was a Squire affinity. I think it was yeah. what I was looking at. Yeah. Those are, to, those are pretty common for, yeah, uh, I can't rem- for getting, you know, doing the whole autograph thing. I know, yeah. uh, what was it? It was Sticks and um, Drawing a Blank, who the other band was. But anyway, oh, no. they they did it where they had the, um, it, it was a cheap, cheap Epiphone. You paid $20, you got a CD, and at the end of the show, they, they, they drew a number, and if it was your number, you won it. Right. It would have been nice if that guitar was raffled off. Maybe, you know what? If uh, sometimes when you raffle off stuff like that, you make more than he might have made two grand on that, or oh, or you would have made a killing off of it. If right, if, if you would have, if we would have walked in there and and if he would have said it's fifty dollars for a ticket, I would have said here's my fifty bucks. Yeah, and if you say how many people are there, I don't know how many seats the venue is, but oh, a few thousand. Yeah, so I mean, do the math. Fifty dollars for a thousand tickets. Yeah, I th- I think you've paid for it plus some. Yep. Yeah, plus some. Yeah, that's usually what they do, and they they're hoping for that on a lot of them that uh, they get a lot more than what uh, you know the raffle. Mm-hmm. But you know, he just had it for sale, and uh, if you know, I guess if if I had the money in the bank or something like that, and I didn't really have to worry about it, I guess maybe I might have gotten it, but. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a white once in a lifetime thing. You know? Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's not like you can go up to Joe and say, Hey, can you sign my guitar? I mean, you know, just not going to happen, you know? Sure. At least I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. I'm, maybe, I'm sure, maybe. I'm sure that it just has to be the absolute right place and time and probably would cost a few extra pennies. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he would charge for that, but uh, I'm sure he wouldn't do it gratis. But you know, mm-hmm. you never know. I, I, I do, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, let's get back into the concert because uh, we're okay, rambling sure. on, and everybody is tuning in to hear about the concert. Yep. Yeah. So we were sitting there, and when, when right before like ten minutes, you know, whatever before the concert started, they were just playing some music. No big deal. It was just background. And it was funny to me because you just like, I was just like, oh, it's music. Okay, cool. Whatever. Every song that popped on, you're like, oh, that's this person. Oh, that's this person. I'm like, all right, now yeah. you're just showing off. Yeah. It was uh Jimi Hendrix, Steve Ray Vaughn. They were playing a lot of, a lot of good tunes. Yeah. A lot of, um, a lot of blues stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, Joe Bonamassa is a bluesman. So right. uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but then the song right before they took stage, all of a sudden the volume just jumped up. Yes, uh, like it went from like uh, mild to extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah I, was, I remember because uh, we were talking about that. You're like, ah, he's not going to turn it up to 11. He, you know, it's just going to be mild. It's going to sound. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, I think maybe within 10 seconds of Joe hitting the stage, I already had my earplugs in. Well, I thought it went up to, I thought he turned up to 15. <laughs> It got loud. <laughs> yeah, it was loud. And uh, yeah, I put. Uh, I'm glad I brought uh, brought those uh, earplugs with me. Yeah. Well, they're not ear earplugs, but uh, they're attenuators. You know, they just tone the decibel down. I could still. Matter of fact, 
uh, when I put them in, when I put them in my ears, it was just, it was perfect. It was great listening to, I didn't have any problem. It was really nice. And that actually, cause I know that we talk again, we, we're always talking, but at, at the end, uh, there was one spot where, uh, Joe was out front and he was, he was doing his little, I don't, I don't want to necessarily call it, call it soloing, but he was out front and he was just kind of like playing around, having fun. And it was just really, really soft. And it was, and I mentioned, it was like listening for needles or pin drops. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think having the hearing protection in any of that other ambient sound was out. So you heard those little quiet tones that he was making. And I was like, yep. yeah, this is great. Yeah, it was, it was uh, actually really good. I, I really liked the way uh, he played the, uh, his solos. I mean, I really, as a guitarist, he's uh uh, I, I admire, admired him for, uh, what he, what he does up there. And, and, uh, some of the licks that he played last night, uh, he was on fire with some of that stuff. And, and he went on for one whole hour. Yeah. Constant, just constant. They came was, out. Yeah. They came out and it was lights on music start. And it was literally one hour before they stopped to introduce everybody in the band. Right. Yeah. And that first hour, I wasn't even paying attention to time. Yep. And then as soon as they took that break, I looked at my watch. I'm like, oh, crap. We've, they've been playing for an hour straight. I mean, just watching Joe, my hands were hurting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say just watching him was making me sweat. Uh, but yeah. I also did not dress thinking that it was going to get warm in the venue. Yeah, it got, it did get warm. I wish they would have turned the air on or opened up the doors or something. It was, uh, it was quite warm in there. So, and I had to, well, we took, we took our jackets off. Oh yeah. But I still was wearing a, a, a nice thick, like, like sweatshirt because it's November in Iowa. It gets cold. It does. Yes. So, and plus you got the wind and if there wasn't any wind, it wouldn't have been bad, but no. it, uh, you know, just the way it goes, I guess. Yep. But yet Joe was, Joe was on fire last night and actually the, actually the whole band was really good. I, I enjoyed, uh, the rhythm guitarist that was there. Well, I'm not going to say rhythm. He was a, he was the other guitarist that was there and, uh, he did, he backed up Joe very well. I thought, you, did you, um, uh, did you get time to look up his name? No, I did not. All I right. did not. Uh, I'll have to. I'll yeah. have to look it up and see if I can throw it in the show notes. That's probably as far as the actual event itself. That's probably the only thing is that I couldn't make out a lot of words. Right. And I don't know if that's just because the music drowned it out, or if I just can't hear that well. Um, but I know when he was introducing the band, it was like I couldn't catch what he was saying yeah um he the, the one guy was from california uh i, I caught that the other part. guitar <laughs> i yeah. think i think what and, three people from california one from texas i think the bassist was from texas yeah he was i think i believe so the um the singers were really good they he had two female singers very yeah, very the, uh, good the one uh the one that was on uh our left uh, right she had way too much energy <laughs> yeah yeah she like was she's just she was dancing and smiling yeah. just like, yep and I'm also like, play, right. playing the tam playing the tambourine too yeah so uh and then the one was one was from california i think the one on the left was on from california wasn't she you... yeah and then the I one on the right was from australia 
Yeah, I one I think one was California, one was Australia. I, I can't remember. I thought that he had said something about fluent Australian first, which I think they introduced the gal on the left first. Right, they did. But so yeah, I guess uh, don't hold us to it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they were they were they were really good. Um, I wish I could have heard them a little bit better, and you know, then um, the vocals a little bit better. And I wish I could have heard Joe's vocals a little bit better. Yeah, then. Uh, than what was there. Um, the, uh, the drummer was absolutely superb. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, like when they went soft, he was perfect. Like, yep. um, you know, just very like, just, he's just sitting there kind of just giving that, that background track while, while Joe's doing his thing. I, I mean, yeah. Drummer was amazing. Yeah. And then he had the, uh, the basis was very good. Oh, I mean, he kept the, he kept it going and, and, uh, he just stood in one position all night and I, <laughs> I don't know. So, but it was, it was, he was really good. Yeah. I, I can't imagine just standing in front of your rack. Cause I don't even know how many speakers he had that he was standing in front of. Right. But I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, I can feel that. <laughs> so yep. how, how, how you're just standing there, I have no idea. But yeah, he was yeah. good. Everybody was good. Oh, absolutely. And then, then the pianist that really threw me because uh, what happened was is that when I first seen when they first lit up the stage completely, I seen the uh, they were in back to the right, well, my right, looking at the stage. There were two wooden boxes there, big wooden boxes. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, are those Leslie's? And I wasn't really hundred percent sure. And for people that don't know what a Leslie is, it's a, uh, I think Leslie's been out of business for a while and it's a rotating speaker that sits in the cabinet and rotates and it gives it that, uh, gives the room, allows the, the sound to bounce off all points in the room. It's really, a, it's really like a surround sound type thing. And, uh, then they introduced him as, oh, trying to think of what his name is. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank, uh, right now. I think it's, um, Reese, Reese Wiley, Winans, W-Y-N-A-N-S. Yep. Uh, Reese, if you're out there, I apologize for the, uh, <laughs> making the mistake if, on the name. If, if Reese is listening to this podcast, we apologize that you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But anyhow, oh, I was just, I was just amazed. Uh, um, and then of course you had Joe there and, uh, Joe with the, I mean, he was just going at it all night long. I, I didn't believe it. I mean, if he would have stayed on the same guitar, I bet you, I bet you we would have seen flames from the neck. It would have been melting. Yeah, it would have been melting. So, but a exceptional concert. Very good. The whole band, they went a full hour, took a quick little break. Uh, yep. and, and it wasn't even a break. Like they got off stage or anything. It was just a quick little break to introduce everybody and give a quick little background story. And then they instantly went into another 50 minutes straight playing. Yep. I don't know how he does it. Well, it must have been all those years he's playing. You know, they just constantly, uh, I mean. I mean, uh, I, if I was, here's my thing. If I was the drummer, my legs would have fallen off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I just can't even believe, I mean, at least the backup singers, uh, there were a couple times where they weren't needed because it was just, uh, the band playing and stuff like that. I 
saw that they sure. got off stage and took a little break. Yep. But everybody else for an hour and 45, an hour and 50 minutes, just nonstop playing. And there were a lot of times where you couldn't even tell one song ended and another song began. I think for me, that's uh, watching the uh, guitar swap that Joe did. I was like, okay, he's done with this song. Now it's another song. Yep. Except for the one he did, uh, he was playing his Strat. I think it was a red Strat. I'm not sure of that. I think it was a red Strat, and he yeah he swapped it out. He swapped it out for I think it was the Gibson Les Paul. Yep, he did. He did do a swap mid song. I do believe it was mid song. Um, yes, it was Strat yeah. and and to uh, the Les Paul. Yep. Yeah. Now, what I was really surprised about was is that usually I, I look at uh, when I when Joe Bonamassa comes up, I. I, I think of him as a Les Paul guy, you know, Les Paul. And, you know, he's always, he's always around Les Pauls. He's always looking for like 1957 uh, Les Pauls, 56 Les Pauls. You know, those are the ones that are worth a lot of money and stuff. They're collectors, you know, collector stuff. But um, I was really surprised that he, uh, he played a Stratocaster. Uh, actually, he had a red one and he had a black one that was there. I believe for some reason I want to think he had a red one, a black one, and a uh, tobacco burst. Yes, he did. You're right. He did have a tobacco burst. Yes, and then he also came out with the Telecaster. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah, I, that was that's uh, actually what he was doing on the Telecaster. That was probably one of my favorite moments. Yes, he had a Telecaster. I couldn't see what was. Uh, I couldn't see if he. I, I could see in the um, the neck position. He had a humbucker in there. Yep, I, I couldn't, I couldn't I, tell if he had a single at the, um, yeah, I think he did. I think he had a, a single at the bridge and then a humbucker at the neck. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up and see if I can find the guitar online. But yeah, uh, I was actually thinking know, the same thing because I don't think I've ever seen a Telecaster with a humbucker. Yeah, they're around. Oh, I'm I've sure they with, are. Uh, yeah, I see, I've seen them in a uh, single coil and a uh, humbucker, a uh, humbucker in the neck position and a single coil in the bridge position. And I've also seen them as two humbuckers too. Uh, also, I've seen with the Esquires is some of, sometimes they put a pickup underneath the pick guard. I don't know if you know that. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. With the Esquires, they're single pickup, but sometimes some of the artists put a pick guard on, uh, another pickup underneath the pick guard, and it's invisible. So, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you but, just can't uh, see it; it's hidden. Yes, it's hidden. It's magic. Here's the other cool thing is it was a sit-down style concert. Everybody in attendance had a chair and everybody sat down. It wasn't until yes. about the last 20 minutes. It was actually 20 minutes left of the concert because I remember um, Joe went to the it'd be our uh, left-hand side of the stage and was like, everybody get up. And so the entire right. auditorium stood up I don't know, five, 10 minutes or so before they sit down. But the last 20 minutes or so, there was a little bit of stand up, sit down, uh, and so forth, which normally I don't want to get up and stand up. But by the time we had hit that point, my butt was so raw. I was like, I I'm going to gladly accept this opportunity to get up and stretch my legs. Yes, my feet, my legs were falling asleep too. You know what was really strange though? You mentioned that Joe was walking back and forth uh, from left to right. You know, he'd go over to the right side and he'd play a little bit and he'd go over to the left side and play. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it was really weird. If you look at the audience, you'd see when he went over to the left side, all the people with the cell phones and the video 
they'd all start taking video. Then as he went over to the right side, all of them, would, you'd see it all shut down, and then everybody on the right side, the video would come out, you know? Yeah, that, it was really that's, yeah, I did notice that. But what was funny, too, because on their website, I don't know if there was anything posted, but on their website, they're, you know, like they say, put your phones on silent and refrain from using your cell phones as a source of light during right. the event. And like every other event, it's like, put away your cell phone. Like, yeah, you paid good money to see this concert. Yep. Experience the concert. Like, I, I know your cell phone audio is not going, when you play back that video, it's, you're not going to hear what's going on or it's going to be real horrible junk audio. Right. Yeah. So I, but at the same time, it's like, but I really want a picture, especially for us, because I wanted something to put on social media, but at the very beginning, when the concert started, I saw some of the event staff trying to get people's attention and be like, Hey, no, no phones, put your phone away. And then after, right. by the end of the first song, it was like the event staff is just like, yeah, screw it. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, that's usually what happens. I've seen that so many times in, in events like that. They, they just give up because everybody's doing it. And, and the thing about it is it's the, the music is so loud that they really can't yell or can't get anybody's attention, you know? Oh, yeah, so, and, they're, and they're not going to walk past 47 people to get to that one person in the middle uh, right. you know, cause there, there's not enough, there's, there's really no room between your knees and the seat in front of you. There's not a whole lot of room. So you're just going to make more people upset trying to get to that one person or whatever that's on the phone. Right. But in the end, like at first I was really starting to get frustrated with that, but it really wasn't near as bad as it has been at the few other events that I went to. The, they, it was real bad. Uh, I think when the Styx concert that I went to, like the entire time Styx was on the stage, almost everybody in the auditorium had their phone out recording. Wow. I, you know, that's I, what it felt like anyway. You know what bothers me is, is that the uh, people in the audience, some of the people had, uh, instead of having it, the phone on dark mode, they had it on the regular daylight mode. Oh yeah. And when they first, you, they first turn, kind of, uh, this bright screen comes on and it all of a sudden your eyes are drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And, and then it makes you, you know, you, when you're trying to look at the stage because it's dark, it's hard to see everything because all you've seen is dots, you know, yeah. in front of your eyes from the light, you know? Yeah. No. So. That, and there was, uh, there was one lady that was, uh, just off to, in front of us, off to our left. She did, I noticed she did have her screen brightness turned way down. Cause I could tell she yep. was on her phone, but I really couldn't see what was going on. So it was either she had the screen brightness turned way down or she had one of the privacy screens on it. Right. Yeah. I did see that too. I, I was, I caught her a few times when, you know, she was recording there and you know what I, that's what I don't understand is why people do it. But I mean, if you want to prove you're at the concert, take a picture before the concert, take a picture after the concert or, uh, I mean, but I think that uh, you really need to respect the, um, the performer or the performers in this case. I mean, that's their bread and butter and, you know, they make money off of the, not only the, the venue, but, you know, take, you know, pictures and all that other stuff. So, you know, to have recordings like that get out. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion of the whole thing. Yeah. I, I completely agree. You know, especially, uh, I'm sure it's not Joe who handles Joe's social media, but, um, he's got somebody on his team that's taking pictures and putting it out on social media. 
you know, instead of taking your pictures and putting them on social media, go out and follow them. And when they post the pictures, you know, leave a comment, tag yourself. Yeah. So it shows up on your timeline or something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Or you can share the, share the comment, you know, share the uh, pictures. Yep. Yep. You can repost or something like that. Yeah. But I, I think that, uh, he did, uh, somebody did post a few pictures that were, I believe that they were on the staff. Yeah. I'm sure that they were. I mean, cause the, the pictures came from backstage. Right. I, yeah. They came from backstage. So they had to be, it was funny because the pictures came on Instagram and I'm trying to like click the picture to make it bigger. Cause I want to zoom in because I'm like, I'm pretty sure that if I zoom in on this picture, I'll be able to find me and you in the audience. Oh, I did that too. And, and all it does, all it did was kept liking it, kept giving them hearts, which, which he deserves. It was, it was a great performance. You, you did say, uh, and obviously I'm very new to Joe Bonamassa, but you did yep. say that he played a lot. He played his new stuff. Yeah, he played a lot of new stuff. I think one of the songs he played was uh, "Just Got Paid," and that was towards the end when the audience stands at a standed for the first time. There, that's a fairly oh, it it goes back a ways. But yeah, I I would uh, I was waiting for "Slow Gin," which is a really nice, really good song. And I think that's the one. I want to say that's the song that everybody was chanting at the end because they finished right on time at the uh, maybe a minute or two before the two hour mark and they all left the stage right and i'm kind of thinking and i'll come back to this but uh everybody's still standing nobody's even like the staff isn't opening the doors and i'm sitting there thinking to myself okay everybody else here knows that they're coming back out for an encore oh yeah well the lights didn't go on right the lights stayed off yeah the doors didn't open the lights everybody just stood yeah. there and i think they were all chanting slow gin slow gin and uh then they came out and uh joe told a story um you know kind of like a little life lesson uh type deal yep and uh played one final song then he he uh put uh put his uh i think he i think it was his telecaster he put on the stage it and was he, yeah. threw a handful of picks out into uh the audience right i saw it coming and we were close enough to the front i almost i wanted to grab the pocket of our picks there you know i had a bunch of our picks in my pocket i just kind of wanted to chuck yeah. them forward yeah but i'm like i don't think you should have. yeah somebody will get mad yep somebody will get mad but yeah it was uh i think what he did was i i i can't swear that swear to this but i think he laid the telecaster on the floor of the stage yeah yeah he did and and then he walked over and he reached into his... For a second there, I thought he was going to give the Telecaster to somebody in the audience. I did. I thought I thought the same thing because he walked, he put it down on the thing there and it, it's like, wow, you know, what is he doing here? Then he walked over to the, uh, oh, a little bit, uh, not quite center stage, but a little off to the side. And then he just reached in his pocket and he grabbed something. And next thing you know, you see these things flying in the air and they were picks, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would have liked to have gotten one. But, yeah. Oh well. Maybe next time. Yeah. Well, like, uh, like you said, if we ever, if if he ever comes back, I think we would probably see if we can get closer to the stage. I'd like to be on the stage. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Good. Good luck with that. I know. I know, Joe. If you're listening to this, I'd like to be on the stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it ain't going to happen, but uh, no, it was good. Uh, I would. Definitely 100% go see Joe again, especially if he's back in Des Moines. 
And, you know, maybe even if he's uh, if he's not coming to Des Moines, but he's coming to one of the major cities that's not too far away, you know, do a little road trip or something. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was a great concert. It was a great time to experience live blues music like that for me was absolutely amazing. Like, I left there definitely wanting to learn some new things you know there were just so many cool little things that i saw him doing that i'm like man that doesn't really look like it'd be that hard if i just spend a little bit of time figuring it out and practicing yep you know and so that was really cool the other concerts i've gone to uh you know it's it's just a show it's there's you know you're you're listening to the old stuff and you're not really you're not taking anything home from it other than, well, I just went to a show. Mm -hmm. With the Joe Bonamassa concert, I was like, heck yeah, I want to learn some new things. It, it was cool. Yeah, there was a lot to, uh, actually, just even viewing what, uh, or watching Joe, there was a lot of things, you know, that I seen him do that, uh, uh, like um, he did the um, Twells uh, with his Telecaster. I seen yep. that a few times. He did a, um, he would pluck a string Hold a hold a note on the fretboard and then go to the top where the neck is, where the um, tuners are, and you push down on the string and give it like a um, strange. It's a it's like a I I can't describe it, but it's a it's a weird sound. He did a lot of that in one of the songs and some of the stuff that I saw him do. I think I've seen uh, Eddie Van Halen do on uh, some YouTube videos with uh, you know adjusting the volume knobs during. Um, you know, right. you'd like play a note and then adjusting the volume up and down on, on the guitar. Um, right. You that, know. That's a swell. Right. And then, um, you know, I think he even did some tapping around the, the uh, fretboard, you know. Right. He uh, did I mean, harmonics. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just tons of cool stuff. And at one point, and, and it kind of shocked me because you're like, I can't believe how fast he's playing. I'm like, I, I looked at you. I'm like, what, you can't play that fast. I thought you could. No, not really. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying is, is that I'm surprised that the neck was still, uh, it wasn't charred. <laughs> right. Well, so obviously it's hot as hell on stage. Yes, it so, is. So, uh, and there were several times, like almost everybody in the band, we saw grab a rag and wipe their face down because they're just sweating bullets. Um, yep. So that, that kind of makes sense. You know, you're just sweating sure. to high hell, swap out the guitars, because otherwise you're basically trying to play on a slip and slide. I mean, it's, uh, it's a big thing. Uh, I mean, that's why I'm not sure why Joe changed his guitars all the time like that, but I have a funny feeling it was uh, probably they get, you know, the sweat and everything from his hands and stuff like that. He probably, uh, he probably gives it off to the uh, guitar tech and the guitar tech wipes it down and gets it ready for another spot during the, uh, the set, you know? That's the only thing I can think of because I know that I think that would be a hard job to do to be the guitar tech or you know that 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 guy that's got to keep all the guitars lined up and and know at what point uh, we're going to go from you know this guitar to that guitar. You got to take the one off stage. You got to wipe it down, probably right. retune it or or prepare the tuning for you know. I think that person has a lot to do in that two hours. Yes, he um, constant, and not only that, he has to monitor. Like Joe, Joe is probably being monitored by the guitar tech. If Joe has one, and I'm sure he does, 
but, uh, you know, if Joe broke a string or something, then the guitar tech would come on stage and get the, get that guitar out of his hands and put a new guitar in his hands to uh, play the song. Yeah. I and mean, that's pretty, pretty common with artists like that. Now I did notice that, uh, I don't know if the other guy from California, the other guitarist, uh, I don't know if he broke a string or what he did, but he swapped out the guitars. He did it himself. And then he had to, uh, tune it up and yeah because he was really... playing a uh black fender strat yeah and then he changed over and then all of a sudden out of nowhere wasn't an sg i'm not sure what it was it was it was hard to see yeah but i mean i, I think that was the only swap that i saw him do because i think right i think uh he must have broke a string or something and and it, to be honest with you the way that they perform i feel like they are so in tune because I felt like when the guitarist, the not uh, the I guess the lead guitarist that or the second guitarist, I wish I knew all their names, but it's almost like, oh crap, I broke a string, and Joe moved over to the other side of the stage, which completely distract everybody from the left hand side of the stage. I didn't even see the guitar swap happen. Right. You know, yeah, I, I thought there was a lot of that. Yeah. There was a lot of d misdirection and distraction to cover up little mistakes and, and fixes that they need to have, they needed to correct. Right. Like, uh, I noticed that, uh, when Joe went to, uh, wipe his hands or the, or his face or something like that, you notice that the other guitarist took over basically and mm -hmm. filled in and stuff like that. Then when Joe got back to the stage, he, you know, yeah. I mean, he never left, he never left the stage. No. Nope. When he went back, he was, you know, he started playing and then you would notice that the, uh, when, I don't know if he broke a string or what, but, uh, he, uh, I noticed that he had to tune the guitar because, uh, he was, uh, doing stuff with the, uh, the tuners on the guitar. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure, he, I'm sure he was tuning it and he had the, he had the, um, he was disconnected from the amp and he probably had a, a pedal on the ground that uh, gave him the, uh, whether he was in tune or tune or not for that that string, you know, so yeah. And then he, you know, well, and then they did other things too. Like it wasn't, you know, that, yeah, uh, the other guitars could take over, but they'd also, it was, it was like really weird because they could, they did it throughout the show. They're like, Oh, uh, Hey, I need to go over here. And it's probably not, but it was almost like, I need to go over here and like take a drink of soda. I think, I don't know if he was drinking diet Coke or what, but, uh, you know, he'd go over there. And then they would just instantly, like, the entire band knew it's like, oh, okay, we're going to distract over here, and the pianist is going to do this huge solo, or the drummer, right. or the bassist. It, I don't know. It was just really cool. Yep. The whole thing was really good. I, I did like the uh, the drum solo that they had, that little solo at the, uh, yeah, the was, second set. Yeah, that was towards I mean, the end. I was like, yeah, that wow. guy's good. Yeah, I thought he was good. Um, kept the beat, kept the, uh, even in when... Joe was just lightly playing his solo very, very softly. The drum drummer and the bassist kept the beat moving, you know. There was kept a few the, times know. where I was watching the bassist and I could just right. see him just very like very lightly move his thumb over the string. And I'm like, wait a second, is that coming from him or is that coming from the drummer? Or is that a combination of both? Yeah, I did see that. It was super in sync and as I say, it's the best of the best, you know, he, uh, he scours the country for good, uh, good talent. And, uh, he's got a good, uh, bunch of people there that, uh, 
help him create his music and you know what can i say it's it was really good it definitely was i would go back uh, again and again and again if it was a yearly event i would uh, definitely do it if the ticket prices went up i would continue to pay those ticket prices i'm not saying they should everybody likes uh cheap venues uh but i thought the price was fair especially for what you got yes i thought they um i forgot what we what you pay you actually you bought the tickets i did right? yeah because uh when we started talking about putting this uh podcast together we talked for a long time before we finally were like hey we either need to hit record or or move on um Correct. and you had mentioned that uh you that joe bonamassa was coming and you would love to go see him and at the same time i was kind of getting excited to like try to go to concerts and everything so i was just looking and um i saw it and i was talking to the wife and they were 154 dollars per ticket and i asked the wife and she's like yeah get them i'm like all right done yeah. so um i got us uh, as center stage as possible because i right. want if i'm going to pay the money i want a good seat I'm not paying the money yep. to sit off to the left or the right. I want I want a good seat. Uh, yep. But at the same time, I did not realize that they had gotten rid of the center aisle in the venue. Yes. So I'm like, you know, I, I'm getting old. So I'm like, oh, if I have to use the restroom, I don't want to walk by 50 people. So I'll just get these two seats that are right here next to the aisle. Well, that aisle doesn't exist anymore. Right. Well, you, there is a stipulation there when we were ch exchanging the tickets they said that uh, when the Lion King and certain performances were there, they remove some of the chairs in the middle. That there's, so there is a middle aisle. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that was something that I caught that because I asked about it. Yeah. And that's what she said. But uh, yes, I and then when I went through security because you have to go through security. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. The lady says to me, you're in, uh, you're in J on, you're right in the sort of like just off center. And I said, yeah, I said, it's going to be a pain to get to the bathroom though. <laughs> so she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, I guess just, uh, don't, don't go in there with a full bladder. You'll be okay. Yes. That's, that's what I did. I just went in, emptied, uh, emptied my bladder out. And, uh, then yeah, I sat I, down and I didn't really see a whole lot of people there were a few people that got up at some point in the show and and either went to go um refill their beverage or use the restroom or whatever but for the most part there wasn't a whole lot of movement i mean everybody pretty much stayed in their seats and enjoyed the concert yep. which yeah honestly i'd be upset i'd you know if you have to run to the restroom in that venue for that concert and you, you're gone for five minutes what did you miss there was there was something cool every five minutes at least Every time you looked at the stage, there was something something going on. Either singing, they were he was playing a solo, somebody was doing something, you know. Yeah. So there's a lot, lot of stuff, not only visually but uh, just to listen. There was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so, like I said, I would definitely go back again. So um, keep an eye out for me. Help me out if uh, if he does come back. We'll uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. See if we can get tickets again. That, that was a good time. Had a lot of fun. No, I, I was going to say, I'd like to see, uh, I originally wanted, well, I wanted to see Joe Bonamassa really bad, but yeah. uh, Buddy Guy, Buddy Guy would be another one. He comes around to the uh, Des Moines. I think he, he's in another venue though he goes to, and there's a bunch of them that are, uh, that go to that. Maybe we can scrape up some money somewhere and go to see them. 
at some point. I think I saw first the Eagles were coming to town. Um, and I, I, I looked up those tickets and I said, uh, nope, uh, not a chance. Because uh, you're not yep. getting into that venue under 500 bucks at this point. Yep. Uh, and then I think I've seen advertisements for Stevie Vai. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't he's know. Pretty good. I don't know where he's going to or anything like that. But, you know, yeah, we'll definitely see if we can't check out some more concerts in the future. Yep. Uh, it'd be great if, you know, and then we'll report back to everybody on what we think of them. Uh, the project's guitar is all done, I do believe. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, I think we covered the last of that in the last episode. I still need to work and get some of the pictures. I, I, I've got some drafts up there. I just need to kind of fine-tune them and get them published up there on uh, Buy Me a Coffee. Right. And what's what's next? I We haven't even had the opportunity to talk about what the next episode or even the next. We've been so focused on the Joe Bonamassa concert. We have not talked about anything after this. Well, I think that the um, I'd like to on the next uh, episode, I would like to do a thing with the the before and after with the uh, scratchiness that I had with the guitar. And then now oh, yeah. there's no scratchiness, you know, to give you an idea of what I had to deal with and stuff like that. And the way it sounds before and the way it sounds now, not much different uh, in the sounding, except the scratchiness is gone. Lots of, uh, as I said, I replaced all of the electronics except for the pickups. So uh, yeah, maybe we can do that. Maybe we can um, kind of do a uh, project guitar recap kind of go through it yeah. a little bit more detail and uh yep. get the uh, before uh some before audio some after audio we'll put the whole thing together and then we'll put that on uh buy me a coffee so that if people want to go check that out as well sure we can do that it, there's there's going to be a lot of stuff with it and, and plus you know we got the holidays coming up and all that other stuff so yeah. we'll have to see what happens yeah we'll get a few we'll try to get a few easy episodes in all right well uh do you have yep. anything else you want to add for uh, episode number eight no, um, not really. I think that about covers it. It was just the, the Joe Bonamassa and we were totally 100% focused on that. We're finally getting to record the actual podcast. So I guess that this is a, this is going to be it for that. And then we're on to the episode nine. Sounds like a plan. We'll see everybody in two weeks. Yep. Bye everybody. Bye.